Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. Matthew 28 and 19, whether you have your Bible, your Bible app, or you're looking at the screen. Go ye therefore and teach who? All nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. There is a name. Oh, there is a name. Turn over in your Bibles, head to the right, if you will, to the book of Acts. Many of you might even be able to quote this, but I would like for us to read from the text I preached from a few weeks ago, Marvel Not. In Acts 2 and 38, the Bible says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized. Who? Every one of you, in the name of... For the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, and to who? And to all that are what? Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now we read about the promise And we've preached about it, but I want you to jump all the way to the last book in the Bible. Let's read from John the Revelator as inspired by the Lord on that Isle of Patmos. He writes in the seventh chapter. There in the seventh chapter of the book of Revelation and the ninth verse. The words are written, after this I beheld. And lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues they stood before the throne and before the lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands and cried with a loud voice saying salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. I have a very clear assignment to preach to you in this family month and on this All Nations Sunday around our nation we are striving to celebrate what I hope we're trying to celebrate here every Sunday but I want to preach to you the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church how many have ever heard that before say amen I'm staying in line with our theme for this year 2023 and I've asked God to open this service in the spirit where he might so that he might accomplish his will and his purpose for this service but I want you to pray with me right now maybe put your Bible across your heart and pray with me Lord 
We need you in this house. I pray you'd help me to preach with wisdom and clarity under the anointing of your spirit. You know every issue. You know every dilemma. You know every wayward individual. You know every attack of the enemy and every trial of life. But God, we know that you can do a work in this place. I pray you'd touch my voice that I might preach. I pray you'd touch my mind that I might articulate. I pray that you'd bless every recipient in this room. God, we don't want to be just hearers. We want to be receivers. And then we want to be doers of the word. So help us in this room. We pray it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And let everybody in the building say amen. God bless you and you may be seated. Now whether you've heard it or not already today, I start with a friendly reminder that we are unapologetically people of faith. Yes, we are. We are people of faith. Brother Trano, I would even wonder why would we have prayer service in both services? Why would we do it week in and week out? Why on Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after... Get the point? Why would we keep knocking? Why would we keep seeking? Why would we keep asking? I'll tell you because we are people of faith. To be a person of God means you've got to be a person of faith. For those who cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I've heard people say things like, well, God doesn't reward your action. Wrong, he does. He rewards them that diligently seek him. And I remind us in this Sunday service that we are not apologetic to be people of faith. We believe in the power of a very real and a very living and a very present God. Our God is not sleeping. He is not slumbering. He is not dead. He, he has not gone on vacation. He is not on sabbatical. For when we call on the Lord, we believe that he shows up. In fact, we have the supreme audacity to still believe that where two or three would gather in his name, there he is, in fact, in the midst of them. How many would recognize that in the few hundred in this place right now, if we're here and we're here in his name, then it might might make the devil tremble a little bit because God can be in this place. And I, Brother Sleva, am from the old school of believing that when God shows up, Anything is possible. Anything can happen. Those that have been bound can be free. Those that have been overwhelmed can be lifted up. The broken heart can still be mended. The wayward mind can still be straightened out. The captive can still be free. Come on, where are my people that know? When God shows up, anything is possible. The drug addict can find deliverance. The alcoholic can find redemption direction and liberty anybody anywhere anytime that is in the presence of God has the ability to see something change in their life now I know hell doesn't want us to believe this and hell's influence on our world and the ideologies and the philosophies but I don't care what they teach in the philosophy class at IUPUI there is a God and he is real it doesn't matter what any atheist or agnostic it, 
it doesn't matter what any individual of any persuasion might think or say. There he is. A God. And let me take it one step further. I know his name. There's not just a God, but there's a God whose name I know. What started with God in the Old Testament of Genesis when he began to move and create, the Bible said the Spirit moved upon the face of the waters, and we know it goes from the creation of earth and the division of land and sea to the forming of the man. And there was a first man, Adam, but he could not get it done. And the prophets begin to prophesy, there is one coming who will be wonderful, who will be the counselor, who will be the mighty. Mighty God, the everlasting Father. He will be the Prince of Peace. They let us know Emmanuel is coming. And it was on that cool Bethlehem night where it was echoed throughout all eternity and time and space came to recognize his name is Jesus. He shall save the people from their sin. Does anybody in the building still know God is real? And his name is Jesus. I said God is real and his name is Jesus. He was manifest in the flesh. His name is Jesus. And our faith is in him. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. You bunch of Jesus people, you better believe it. You better believe it. We sing to Jesus. We pray to Jesus. We dance for Jesus. We run aisles for Jesus. We gather choirs for Jesus. We, we get praise teams for Jesus. We give to Jesus. And we don't apologize because our faith is in him. Our faith is not in the world. Our faith is not in the president. Our faith is... Come on, who am I preaching to that believes what I'm saying? Our faith is not in this world, but it's in a world that's a little higher. We pray for Jerusalem, but we believe for the new Jerusalem. We know there is coming a day when every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ. We Believe in Jesus. Elbow your neighbor and tell him you ought to act like you believe in Jesus. That's why we're not intimidated by the darkness of the world. Perfect love casteth out all fear. One of the enemy's greatest assaults against this world right now is anxiety and fear. But we know love embodied in the form of Jesus Christ. For greater love hath no, no man than this, but that he would lay down his life for a friend. I have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And while the world is afraid, the church is powerful. And we are resolute. Let me preach to you for a minute. Everything taking place in Israel should not be causing fear. It should be causing prayer. It should be causing revival. It should be causing us to turn towards heaven and say we knew the day was coming for wars and rumors of wars. But we also know the gates of hell cannot prevail 
against the church. And we don't want just any kind of church. I'm not here to be offensive, but we're not going to mend religions. And we're not going to blend religions. And we're not going to hold hands with other religions. We don't pray to Buddha. We don't believe in Hinduism. We don't bow our knee. I don't know if you like it or not, but we're not going to bow our knee to any other God. Have no other gods before me. Have no graven images. Don't take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet thy name. We're not like anybody else. We've got a God whose name is Jesus. Jesus. He is the Jehovah of the new manifest in the form of Jesus. And we know who we worship. Somebody shout amen. amen. Tell your neighbor, find somebody close and tell them and we're not changing. Find somebody and convince them you shouldn't either. Unless you're not inspired by Jesus preaching, then you need to change. If you're not moved by the one who picked you up and pulled you out of darkness and brought you into his marvelous light, you need to find somebody that's acting like they caught 220 and get a hold of what they've got. Come on, he's the one who saved me. He's the one who raised me. He's the only one that could fill me and feel me, he did. He was the only one who could heal me and heal me, he did. I might not be what I want to be, but I thank God I'm not who I would be. I'm not who I used to be, and it's only by the glory. It's only by the power. It's only by the authority of Jesus. Do you believe it? Somebody shout amen. Amen. And because we preach Jesus, our faith is in the death, the burial. And regardless of what the Sadducees believed, the resurrection. He did live. He did perform miracles. He did give up the ghost. But three days later, and I don't need a Christmas time manger scene to preach his reality, and I don't need an Easter drama to preach his resurrection. Three days later, hell's heyday turned into torture when the grave was empty, and the come on, the angel said, Why do you seek him? Did you not remember? Why stand ye here gazing? He's not dead. He's not dead. Brother Howard, he's not dead. He's not in the tomb, Brother Lopez. He's not dead. He's not hanging on a cross somewhere. I don't want to offend an entire religion, but quit wearing him on a cross. He's not on the cross. Quit crying over the grave. He's not in the grave. Quit weeping over the grave clothes. He's not in the... He got up. He got up. He got up. And because he lives, I live. Because he lives, I live. Because he lives, I face tomorrow. I got dance in my feet. I got shout in my lungs. I got praise in my mouth. I got peace in my mind. Hey! 
Brother Stumbo, he lives. It's the old gospel, the death, the burial. Anybody feel what I feel? The resurrection. And how do we unapologetically teach it and preach it? We preach faith. Starts with faith. Starts with faith. Don't try to get somebody to repentance before you got them to faith. Doesn't work. You can't repent of what you don't believe in. You can't repent to a God you're not sure exists. But it starts with faith. And then it goes to repentance. And we believe everybody's got to repent. But we also believe according to this book that if you ask him, he'll be faithful. And he'll be just. He'll be faithful. And he'll be, you want justice? He's the one who's just. And I feel that in this room right now. Somebody in this room looking for justice. I'm going to tell you where your justice is going to come from. It's not going to come from some court system. It's not going to... It's not going to come from some job site. The place you're going to find justice is the same place you're going to find mercy. What the enemy has meant against you and what the world has dumped on you, you're going to find justice in him. And so we preach repentance. We believe repentance is necessary, non-optional. Non-optional. Repentance. And repentance is more than I'm sorry. It's a turning away. We preach baptism. Death, the burial, the bury. We are buried with him in? What's the Bible tell us? We are buried with him in? Baptism. And Mark 16 tells us, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned or condemned. So we preach that. It's a part of our burial. It's why we don't bury just our head as a baby. It's why we don't bury just our hands because they're the things that have the problem sinning. If your hands have a problem with sinning, it's because your brain tells them to. And it's your feet that carries you to the spot. You need to go all the way under the water. Most importantly, because that's the only way they baptized in the Bible. They baptized them completely under the water. Immersion under the water. And they called that name I've been preaching about over them. They baptized them in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what Peter told them. Be baptized. And so we preach that because it's the whole gospel. And then we preach you can be filled with the Spirit of God. I preached not long ago, marvel not. And I remind us this morning, we are not embarrassed about this. And we're not going to be the church that's passed up while everybody else is receiving the Holy Ghost either. While they're receiving the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues in Lutheran churches and Methodist churches and Baptist churches. You need to know that. Catholic churches that are having private prayer meetings so the people that want to speak in tongues. In the last day, he's going to pour out his spirit upon all church. But you listen to me. It's not going to be a substitute gospel. It's going to be the whole gospel. It's going to be the whole gospel. It's going to be the whole gospel. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, you may be seated. Mm. Mm. The whole gospel. Everybody say that. The whole gospel to who? The whole world. That means everybody. <laughs> Whether they look like you or not. Whether they talk like you or not. 
This might shock you for some of you. Have you not yet heard this? I'd like to take you to a family reunion for me. Come to one of my family reunions, not just my family by birth, but even my married family. I'd like to bring everybody together, both sides of the table. I'm going to tell you, you're going to see a lot of white people. A lot of white people. A lot of super Caucasian. But it might shock some of you to know that even in that, there's going to be all kinds of white people. How many know there's all kinds of white people? But what my, you might not be ready for at my family reunion is to know that my grandmother is only one generation removed from full-blooded Blackfoot Native American. Might shock you to know that if you come to my family reunion, there's going to be Japanese there. There's going to be African American there. And I got news for you. If you come to my family reunion and talk about anybody in my family, now I got some tact most of the time, some dignity, but I got people in my family who do not. How many got somebody in your family? You can't hardly, they can't, you don't want them in public. And if they are in public, you don't want them near you in public. Come on, raise your hand. You lie, you fry, you know. They won't see the video. Come on, they won't know you're talking about. Well, they might know you're talking about them. But they're so naive, they'll probably say, who are you talking about? Who? Talk about somebody in the family. Can I remind us it ought to be that way in the church? We ought to have people in the family of God that don't all look the same, act the same, talk the same. It's the whole gospel to the whole world, the whole world. So while I've got people that won't even have the same skin color, I'm also going to have people there. There's going to be some of them at my family reunion that are really educated, really educated, and they know. I'm also going to have some that are really un, and they don't know. And the truth is, I don't know who's happier. <laughs> I just thought of that. That's true. But regardless of whether they're blue collar or white collar, regardless of whether they're Native American, Japanese, black, white, or anything in between. Regardless of whether they got all kinds of money, hardly no money at all, doesn't take away from the fact they're a part of my family. I remind us today, it's the whole gospel that we just shouted about to the whole world. And when we show up here at Calvary Tabernacle in Indianapolis, I hope our church can look like our city. Now, I preached at the beginning of this year about 
what our city looks like. I want them to put that, sli that slide back up one more time. I want to remind us about the ethnicities represented here in the two million populace of the greater Indianapolis area. 57% white are black and uh, are white and 28% black and 10% Latino or Hispanic. Why are we singing those songs in Spanish today? I don't even speak Spanish. Loco. If 10% of our city, you know what Brother Vite told me before service got going today? He came up to me and said, last night in our Spanish service, we had eight brand new visitors that were here in this, not down the road, in this church. Last night, last week when I preached that service, they had 90 in attendance. We had them receiving the Holy Ghost in this building. 10% means we've got 200,000. 200,000 compared to the average city here in North America. Do you know how big 200,000 is? And if we're not careful, we'll say, why would we sing in Spanish? I'll tell you why. He wants them, we want them. He wants to fill them, we want to see them filled. They need a place to belong. We want them to know they belong. If you're a Spanish-speaking person in the room getting translated or you're watching online and hearing the translation, we want you to know we love you here. And we want you here. But I want you to look at it right here, the Asian, the 4%, and the other 1%. Only 4%. Think about 4% in terms of 2 million. Come on, there's a Burmese population we got to reach. I don't know. We don't have the same group. We don't have the same ethnicity. I don't know the language. Here's what you do know. You know the gospel. You know the gospel, and what runs through the gospel is the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. And his blood can fill everybody and change every life and touch every mind. I've been in service after service where whether it was a different language, we think of things like Japanese or Chinese or Burmese. Sometimes we need to think about things like American Sign Language. Come on. We need to think about the way that people, I've been in places where I was, I, listen, I was preaching and I know they didn't understand me. Translator couldn't keep up, fumbling over his words. All of a sudden, even though I knew they couldn't understand, Brother Rogers, I've been in services where the power of God hit that place. And I've watched people that I know couldn't understand my mouth could feel when he walked in the room. I've seen tears begin to drip down off of cheeks and chins and onto the floor. And little trembling hands go up. And their skin color was different and their native tongue was different. But the Holy Ghost was the same. And the power of God was the same. Come on, whether it's my dialect, whether you speak northern or southern, whether you got a little more of a tan than somebody else. It's the whole gospel to the whole world. The disciples started a little different. How many are glad that when he picked disciples, he didn't call just fishermen? You know, if he did, that's all we'd go after is fishermen. Thank God he went after fishermen and tax collectors. For the love of God, even the tax Come on, not just Matthew that's going to follow him. He's going to call Zacchaeus out of a tree. Yeah. How many know that Simon was a zealot? That means Simon was a politician. Oh, well, that's where I draw the line. Well, good for you, but God didn't. And I'm glad that God knows that he's greater than any political arena. He's more powerful than any fisherman's sea. He is greater than any tax collector's. 
shortcoming and it doesn't matter whether they live in the pit rock penthouse or the slum and it doesn't matter whether they work in a cubicle making a million a year or whether they're standing at a drive through trying to make 15 bucks an hour the truth is this the gospel reaches for everybody the gospel works for everybody and the blood covers everybody whosoever will let him come the whole gospel to the whole world. And so we go through missions by our giving and we go overseas by our prayer. It's what we do. But the last part of this is by the whole church. I want everybody to look at your neighbor, give them some crazy eyes and tell them he's talking to you. And if you got anybody near you that didn't talk to anybody, grab them and tell them he's talking to you. Sorry, introverts. The whole gospel, by the whole world, by the whole church. This is where I rise to the occasion at conclusion to tell you everybody under the sound of my voice has an assignment. Brother Dozal, everybody under the sound of my voice has an assignment. From Brother Samuel in the back over here. Just because he's in the corner. Sorry to point you out. You just happened to be in the corner today. <laughs> brother Samuel all the way in the corner over here. All the way back. Brother Reagan I see over here. That, all the way. Everybody in between. Brother Ross. You're holding the west wing down. <laughs> Guess what? At some point. You and I both are going to stand before God. And one of the judgments is going to be, what did we do with what we know? What did we do with what happened to our life? He didn't save me just to save me. He gave me his spirit so that I might be a witness. And I want everybody to know, if I'm a part of the church, then I've got a mission. You might say, I'm not a preacher. I beg your pardon. Yes, you are. I'm not a minister. I beg your pardon. Yes, you are. You are a minister of what he's done in your life. You are able to show forth You've got the testimony of what he has done for you. You said, I don't know what to say. Here's what you say. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was on my way to hell, but now I'm on my way to heaven. I'm not asking if you got a theological degree. I'm asking, do you believe that he can save anybody? Do you believe that he can save your sibling? Do you believe that he can touch your neighbor? Do you believe that your workplace can find revival? It's the whole gospel. To the whole world. By who? Everybody put your finger on your heart and say that means me. That means you don't have an excuse. It means you don't have an excuse when you're standing there at the gas station and the Lord prompts you. I don't want to. You should say no. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. When you're walking into the restaurant and that waitress walks up to you and she's been waiting on you the whole time and every time she walks up, the Lord says, You ought to tell her. I don't want to. Come on, people all over the world, believers all over the world, turn into ventriloquists around me. I don't want to. I don't want to. But the Lord is looking for somebody. Who knows that he's going to have a church and you're a part of it. 
the Bible says if we're ashamed of him. Ah. Come on, Paul, what would you tell us? I'm the guy who was persecuting but I would tell you I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God to everyone that believes. The Jew first and also the Greek. What was he saying? It is the power of God unto every person, whether Jew or Gentile and everyone else. Let every tribe, let every nation, let every tongue know. How will they know? Look in the mirror and you'll have the answer. Look in the mirror and you might recognize. If you're more concerned with the car you drive than the souls you're winning. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on pastor for a moment right here. If you're more concerned with your 401k than their eternal retirement. We've lost our way. If we're more bothered... By the temporal things of this world. Than those that are going into eternity. Every single day. It's got to be the whole gospel. To the whole world. By the whole church. If you know someone in your life. That you'd like to see pray through in this altar. I want you to raise your hand right now. If you know somebody. Look at the hundreds and hundreds of hands in this room. I'd like to see them one. How will it happen? You are how it will happen. I don't have the temperament for that. Well, good thing the Holy Ghost made you a new creature. Holy Ghost gives you boldness when you don't have any. The Holy Ghost gives you authority. You say, well, I don't know how to. Yeah, and who in here besides me you've ever been in a conversation? Next thing you know, you're quoting scriptures you thought you forgot. I didn't even know I knew the reference. You ever impress you? That's the Holy Ghost. It's the anointing of God, and it helps to break the yoke of bondage. It helps to bring into a place where those scriptures are flowing. I'm talking to somebody right now that's been intimidated to witness. I didn't get on this in the first. I'm, I'm in this right now. The Holy Ghost is trying to empower you and bolden you right now. That area is not too much of a stronghold for the gospel. Their nationality is not. Oh, I need you to lift your hands. We just hit something. You got a burden for that area. The power of the Holy Ghost is stronger than the oppression. I've had two, two different individuals this month reach out to me about areas of burden that they're ministering, they're working in. And they are absolute areas of burden, but there is depression and oppression that is overwhelming that area. And I rise to the occasion and go on record to say that there is no depression too great. There is no oppressive spirit too great that the Spirit of God cannot allow His light to shine into that area. He did not put you there on accident, but you are a city set on a hill which cannot be hid. Men don't light that candle and put it under a bushel. No, 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 no. You're there on 
purpose so that everybody might know. Stand with me. Ooh, my God. Revelation 7 is read because Revelation 7 was seen. But Revelation 7 was seen because between this time and then the church was activated. We are meant to be a part of this action. You got a particular area, you got a neighborhood, you got somebody at work, you got a, a city, a street corner, you got a spot. You got to feel this, man, I feel this right. You got a spot that you've got a burden for, you got a people group, you got an issue, you, you got somewhere, and hell is trying to wear them out. It might be family, but it might be a neighborhood you know about. It might be the building you're working in, but hell seems like it's after them, and you're wondering, what's it going to take? And God sent me to preach. It's going to take you. The only reason you're feeling the burden is because you've got the ability through the power of the Holy Ghost. What you're feeling is not to make you overwhelmed. It's to make you empowered and burdened. It's to make you go to prayer and to intercession and seek the face. I know you can't do it by yourself, but you can do it with the power of God. You may be the only person on that block all day long that's speaking life and speaking hope and speaking strength and speaking. The whole gospel to the whole world by the Holy 